Welcome to another episode of Teachers in the Dungeon. Join hosts Tom and Dan as they break down the campaigns they create and play, sharing memorable successes and unforgettable failures of players and the DM, as well as discussing a variety of D&D-related topics. So, grab your dice and grab some fun. It's time for Teachers in the Dungeon. Yo, ho, ho, it's time to go Back to the dungeon far below Players arrive in time to die Man, I love to watch them cry Grab some dice, grab some fun Join the teachers in the dungeon Hello and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon I am Tom with Dan in the tower Talking about our adventures in Gensh. It's actually our continued adventures in Gensh. Two episodes ago is where this all started, if you wanted to go back and kind of catch up. But uh, we are currently about to go out and invade the Oakside's compound. Make it common cause with the devilish cameo. The party decides to infiltrate the home of one of the most powerful families in the city. Desperate battles, fearful flight, and betrayal heaped upon betrayal threatens to overwhelm our heroes before they can escape the confines of Gensh. This is a mission that we went along with. We were encountered in our in-room by the Cambian Artaxis. He kind of lays it out and said, this is the problem, and uh, the Oaksides are bringing a demon in to aid them in taking over the city. Yes. That's really a nutshell. I mean, that is, <laughs> go that's, ahead and, but that's, go ahead and that's the essential. And underlying that, you are realizing that there's you're starting to see a pattern here in the enemies that you're facing and the situations throughout all of your campaigning. Right. So you agree to join this Cambion who is evil, mm-hmm. but he's lawful evil. So he's, he's made a bargain with you. So you're right. relatively certain that you can trust him for that that you're going to go and invade the home, the compound, the mansion of this very wealthy, powerful family and see if there is a portal there that needs to be taken out. Right, and we do some surveillance. Um, Ricks and Borum, and I don't remember if anyone else went with, we went into the compound to basically get a look around, but we did face uh, and discuss, I don't remember what we discussed, but uh, we talked to the, fa- the, the head of the Oaksides Yes, you had, and he. there was enough there that made you think he wasn't on the up and up. Wasn't all there, yeah. The other thing that was making this seem doable as we had heard rumor that there was going to be basically an emptying of the compound because they were going to confront another family in, in, the, in the evening. And so they would, most of their warriors and guards would be gone dealing with this confrontation. And so it should be, open and available for us to get in pretty easily. Our taxes also sort of let it be known that the Oaksides were more powerful than this other family and it would be a bloodbath. This other family was going to be taken out. So you had the moral dilemma of do we go and help that other family or do we take advantage of the fact that That's right. the Oaksides' own compound would be lightly defended. I expected more of a of a soul searching from you guys than happened. I don't know if I don't know if our paladin was just checked out at that point, but you all just kind of shrugged and said, "All right, let's go." Yeah, I think we felt like, well, we made the deal. 
we made the deal, so we better. And and again, as I mentioned last episode, we kind of felt like the pieces were coming together and the tools that we needed, because there's no way we could deal with Palazzo, who is who. Um, A-Links wanted us to assassinate to bring more peace to that family. There were some things that seemed too difficult for us, so we thought pieces the pieces that we needed to help us achieve these were in place. Yeah, we. I mean, I do recall that we had a short conversation about it, but it was it was really short, and we just started surveilling, you know, surveillance. <laughs> so you decided to attack, and infiltrating went went pretty smoothly. You've got yeah. air support now; the Cambion can fly. Mm-hmm. Our Zedi, our Paladin, could summon. I forget. Did he summon a, his drag, like the dragon back, or was it a? I don't remember if it was a horse or a dragon, but it kind of kept. It was the dragon. It was the dragon. And and I made the point of saying, that this this can't go in the house. I felt bad doing it, but I thought, well, yeah. for being true to form, yeah, a horse can't really clatter up and down stairs very easily. And but it served its purpose because he had the mental link with it, mm-hmm. and it sort of did the watch of the street, so he could let you know. So you were on a time when they were returning time crunch mm-hmm. here because you needed to get out before the Oakside soldiers came back. Yeah. You you were able to break in fairly easily. You you didn't you you came this is where you realized the deal with the devil here mm-hmm. how this was going to be difficult for you because any NPCs within the compound that you came in contact with Artaxis would either just kill outright or would intimidate and terrify and then try to kill. Right. So you were constantly having to step in and that's where Zedi could sort of shine as the paladin. He could sort of mm-hmm. get interpose himself and and save these poor helpless people, most of whom were terrified by what they'd heard in the compound, right? And were willing to help you if if you kept the nasty Cambion away from them. And so I have to, I think I have to mention this now because it plays in later. But while we were saving some of the staff of the Oaksides, the Baker and. Uh, some others, Borum came across the stores of ale in the compound and he made mental note of yes. that. I just wanted to, <laughs> to get that out there. But then the other person we encountered when we were we came upstairs into the into the compound is we came across Lady Oaksides. Yes. And if I recall correctly, our taxis ended up charming her. Yes. So he has an innate skill to be able to try to charm and you see him do that quite successfully and it protects, it It helps you a lot. She's not gonna raise any alarm, but then you realize he is he is evil and mm-hmm. he, is, he is going to remove this threat that she poses. Right. And you're convinced he's gonna take her away and just murder her yeah. in cold blood. And so we end up locking her in a room, isn't that? Into the, into the... <laughs> bathroom into the yeah the the powder room (laughs) (laughs) but we we figure better that than becoming a sacrificial lamb of some sort and our taxes is displeased with you but he's not gonna he he understands the mission well enough that's uppermost in his mind Mm -hmm. so you carry on and you do come across several drow traps and things it takes you a while to work your way through this compound but you do eventually find what you're looking for. The, yes. Uh, what I recall, though, is it was we entered a large room, tall ceiling, that has an had an altar, and this this like 
thing above it that was pulsating, um, like a cloud. Yes. And and was there a cleric or a, a mage or someone in there so that what was you, like sort of doing something with that? So you found essentially the family chapel and okay. it had been mm-hmm. desecrated pretty badly. There was the smell of blood and death. You do find, yes, as you said, an altar with a pulsating purple and black cloud or, or light over it. Mm-hmm. But what caught your attention, there were two drow individuals who were probably mages and they held chains that were stretched taut oh, up to the corner right. of a of high corner of the ceiling, but it was all darkness there. You could mm-hmm. not see what was what was there, but there was something that they were holding on to. And you were warned. There were there were soldiers there. There was a drow elite. There were some other soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we fought to get into this room. And but one of them said something about just gave you a really weird warning, like d- d- don't don't attack the mages or something like that, which I mean, of course they wouldn't want you to do that, but something about the way they said it made Mm -hmm. you think something else is going on here. So you had a battle against a demon and the demon that I used because I thought it looked cool is a Nabasu. Okay, yes. And if you look them up there, they are, to my mind, just terrifying, stereotypical, probably view you would have if someone said demon. This is where, again, I had to, looking back, I, I, I mean, D&D 5th edition lets you do whatever, whenever, right. however. Mm-hmm. But the Nabasu is way beyond your capabilities. So I did nerf it significantly. Mm-hmm. And even then, another confession time, a couple of you should have died. Mm-hmm. And I, I pulled some punches. Okay. But uh, I still feel like it ended up being a pretty pretty good battle. Oh, yes. Do you remember? This is this is where the staff for the last time. Yep. Oh, yes. I, I remember that because there was the darkness that was, that was keeping whatever the Nabasu hidden. Borm pulls out the Linden staff and holds it up again and sucks the darkness out Unfortunately, it was more than the Linden staff could take. And so this is where we lost the staff and it shattered in Borm's hands as it drew that darkness, but revealed the Nabasu. This hideous creature. So it begins attacking. And the the thing that I thought I, I wanted to have happen that I thought would make it more interesting is it was almost a three-way battle in the sense that these drow mages had it in chains, so it didn't yeah. like them mm-hmm. any better than it liked you guys. Right. And, and the drow, they they don't like you, but they're more concerned with hanging on to this creature. So there was just death exploding everywhere. It was it was a crazy battle. I I, I remember that for sure. You you do manage to to finally kill the demon. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of fun to do this. One of the drow mages had, I forget what the name of the spell is. I don't know if it's as simple as just wall or impenetrable barrier or oh, mm-hmm. whatever it was. For a limited amount of time, he could throw up a wall that you guys couldn't right. get through. So he offers to help you shut the portal mm-hmm. if you let him go. Yeah. 
and he I think he makes the paladin swear to it because he knows that Zedai will keep his word. Right. So many deals in this one. <laughs> so many deals in this city. But yes, we and and we taught. I, I remember that being an item of consternation because we're like, we got to kill this guy. I remember Borm's like, no, we have to kill this guy. We cannot let him go. And then, but but we're like, this thing above us is pulsating. It's you know, it's not good. We need to close it. And so finally, oh, and one other thing, just to throw you completely off kilter. Once you kill the Nabasu, oh, a voice comes out of the portal. Mm-hmm. And it does not sound demonic. It's warm. It's friendly. It congratulates you on a battle well fought. And a shaft of light, golden warm light, falls on Kersus out of yes. this. And, and the voice sort of singles him out for praise. Mm. And Artaxas loses it and turns and blasts fire rays on Kersus. I forgot about that. And so you turn on him and he just hisses at you and says you don't know what you're doing you don't have any idea but he is so freaked out by all this that he just bolts yeah. which a devil wouldn't do because he still owes you right and so something is really really out of kilter here mm-hmm. and so without without our taxes there anymore and just like we just and we had the time crunch of the oaksides will be back any minute yeah we made the deal with the drow in the force field. We took the pendant. We threw it into the black uh, abyssal hole. It closes up, and we free the dwarf or the the um, the drow. Mage. Draw mage runs. Borm considered <laughs> attacking it from behind, but we didn't. We held we held true to our deal, and so that. That portal essentially is is shuttered. I believe it's about that same time that we discovered that the Oaksides were returning. Yes. So you had to get out fast. Yes. You are able to get out. It should be should be just a very simple escape. Should. But our, our role playing does get really interesting because Borum remembered the the ale. That's right. So we got down to that, and then Ricks and Borum decided that that they were going to make a play for the ale. They grabbed a barrel. So it was a little bit of a trickery to get in and out of the compound main walls. And so we were going out kind of a, a, a back entrance where- You the, actually had to get up and over the walls. Yeah, and so we couldn't go out the en- main entrance. Everybody gets over the wall and- it Takes you a while though. The it, rolling, uh, the die rolls were not- I, Yeah, it was frustrating because because they were they were getting to a position where they were gonna see us escaping or they were getting curious and, and starting to come around that corner to where we were. And Ricks and Borum were get, trying to get this barrel over the wall. And so we <laughs> sent, oh, no, 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 I remember now what happened, is it got desperate. We needed to get out of there. So we grabbed the barrel and didn't we thunderstep out of there? Yes, you we, guys did. We did yes. a thunderstep, Borum cast thunderstep. And you knew there was sort of a marshland yep. that was right near there that would be easy for the others to find, we thought. And we told them that we would catch up to them. We thunderstepped over into the marsh. And once again, the team, (laughs) once again, the team is split. I do remember now why the other two, yeah, so the other, the remaining four got out, Mm -hmm. but they were being pursued. They were no longer safe. So Zedai actually 
decided to lead the pursuit away because there was no way you guys could stand up against it was a large number of men right so he and Siv run the long way through the city basically as loud as they can trying to get that's right the pursuit to follow uh-huh. while Dirichlet and Kerasus were going to go f- they knew where Alanx was they were going to go back try to find him and get some help from him that's right. So the two and of Gorm them and Rix went to the marsh to drink. Yes. So the two of them, that's actually the only that's the only thing that actually worked out the way it was supposed to. They got where they needed to be, uh, the mm-hmm. two elves. And Alanx was, if this were more than PG rated, what the blank that you would, yeah. what are you guys doing? And his true colors come out because you can see he's deeply disappointed. He sees that this has gone completely sideways but he agrees to help. He's able to heal them. I believe he goes out to look for Zedai and Siv and try to help get them back to his dwelling, but it's not going to be safe for long. He knows knows that his days there are numbered. Mm -hmm. Well, what I, what I remember is, so when we, when we got done enjoying our ale, we left the barrel there thinking we'll come back for this later. And and then we went along the river. (laughs) Borum turned into a frog or a crocodile or something and and jumped into the river and was going along while Rix was on the shore. We got to the bridge that separates the north and the south. um, And we're on the south side. And it was when we were exiting, it was somewhere in that transfer that we discovered some funny business was going on in there was like a barracks or something near the, the swamp and something was terrorizing that or I don't I don't recall it was like it was it it was that the Shatterkai that were in there I don't think so I think you were just distracted by it, it was sort of the leftovers of the other okay. issues okay so, so then in the meantime that's when they came back around to the so swamp so this was just you yeah. guys just missed each we other we missed constantly. each other mm-hmm. so then yes so in the swamp the Shadar Kai, the followers of the Raven Queen, reappear and tell Siv, hey, what's up? You didn't keep your end of the bargain. What's going on here? Right. And Siv decides he's he's had it. He stands up to him and they attack and Zedai tries to defend. But these are pretty nasty fighters, the Shadar Kai that are against him. So they actually strike down Zedai. Yep. And again, as a DM, I've got a decision here. Zedai's out. Mm-hmm. It would definitely be possible he would die. But my thinking was, oh gosh, he actually was defending his friend. This was not, you know, I hate to, this was not a series of bad decisions on his part. If anything, it was bad decisions on Siv's part. Mm-hmm. And he's paying the price. Yeah. So I had them grab him and return to sort of a pocket dimension. Right. And they just they they when he when when he transitions there he loses everything right clothes weapons everything he's just naked mm-hmm. I think they tell they tell Siv you bring Kerasus to this spot where he dies <laughs> yeah <laughs> I remember that <laughs> so you all finally manage to regather there yes they reappear. And again, so uh, Siv is forced to come clean on what's going on here. And Karasus, as a rogue, is already distrustful of everybody. And he just 
just looks daggers at Siv. And Durishley is not a fan either. And Siv said, well, I was, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to give you up. I'm not going to give you up. And the Shadar Kai are there. They're not very happy with them. They've mm-hmm. got, they do bring Zedai back. And I think they've revived him. I think and, so. And he, they said, Trey. And Siv says no. And th- sadistically, this was kind of fun as a DM. They took out a <laughs> dagger and just jammed it right into Zedai. It didn't kill him, but they wound him. Yeah. And Siv doesn't want to do it. So it he finally just attacks. So mm-hmm. it triggers this big battle with these creatures. Yep. You guys manage to to rescue and revive Zedai again. Yep. And you do manage to defeat them. But the the, the, the emotional damage has been done. There's right. a, a rift in the party now. I remember that tension. I mean, Borm wasn't really involved in it because it didn't have anything specifically to do with him. But there was a lot of tension. I mean, I remember even... It, it it seemed like it was player tension, but it was clear, you know, it was it was character tension. I mean, Marcus played Dirichlet to be so angry and frustrated. And you could see, you could see the pain in Civ. Corey played that so well. And this is where and, it gets a little bit tricky because you play a character like that, it's hard not to yeah. soak in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there was a little bit of, you guys aren't really mad at me, right? <laughs> Ever all there the way was around. some of that. Yeah, there was some of that. And you know, and even even Zedai, you know, as Zedai lost everything. He was yes, and he was he was distraught. Yeah. Armor gone, weapon gone. gone. He's everything. clothed in Shadar Kai rags yes. and given a little short sword. Poor guy. And so this this was sort of the low point, I think, for the group That's as rough. a and I, and, and I lost my barrel of ale. Well, not yes. mine. Borum lost his barrel of ale. <laughs> I mean, it was low. <laughs> and to kind of break in DM thought yet again, at this point, we had been in Gensh for a long time. And I looked back and I thought there were too many options and too many layers. And maybe you guys didn't feel like that, but I felt like we're this is going to become such a slog if we have to turn around now and find some way to kill Palazzo. Oh, Palazzo or go to the families and discover the, you know, the murder mystery and all that. Mm -hmm. So this is where, but again, I thought within game, certain things had happened that made it it logical to have a different conclusion. Well, and and I'll be honest, as the player, we were ready to get out of town. Yes. Like, I think at this point we're like, there's, well, we thought our taxes is gone. So he broke his deal with us, or we thought, you know, but we, we were like, he's who we were counting on to help defeat Palazzo. So we met back with our taxes, or A-Lynx, and we said, get us to the ship. And he, at this point, he basically realizes, you know, you've kicked a hornet's nest now in mm-hmm. this town. There's no way that Palazzo is not going to take extra precautions. There's no way. So he basically has to forego his... Attempt and it's vengeance. Actually, Palazzo had screwed over his sister, and he was wanted vengeance. Okay. So you guys had to deal with kind of the fact that you let this guy down, who's been nothing but helpful to you. Right. But he sighs and says, "I will get you. I I will, I will show you where Blue Donor is." So that's kind of the little denouement ending to the whole adventure in Gensh. You do manage, you do manage to get to his 
place of business mm-hmm. uh, without too much difficulty. And the one thing you forgot to do was check for exits. Oh man, that was so <laughs> frustrating. I remember when we discovered that because we were in a warehouse, raiding the warehouse of Blue Denor. And why, why didn't we, we survey, we did surveillance on the oak sides, <laughs> but I thought we, I, I think we thought we got the guy. Like, I really think we thought we had him, we, were, we had him trapped, we were going to get in there, because it was a little marketplace, and there was a, was it a, no, I'm confusing that with another adventure, but anyway, so. They had a little, he had a little showroom, a and showroom, behind, behind right. that was the warehouse. And, the, and so we thought, we're going to get in there, never thought about the warehouse might have a back door, it wasn't <laughs> even like a back door, it was like a warehouse door, where yeah. the wagons come in and out, and like, oh my gosh, what? We were so frustrated at that point. So frustrated. So you go in guns blazing and yep. you do manage to take out a lot of his a lot of his followers, but he escapes. But you do manage to find some uh some information. Yes, his journal or something. Actually it was his to-do list. Okay, okay. So it was uh kill so and so, get money back, haircut question mark. And then uh and then something about go to a place called Llanistwith and see about treasure or something like that. Right. So that's the hook Yep. for your next. Yep. And Alanx, who has worked with Blue Denor, says, I know where his ship is. We can just steal it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, you know, give me a little bit of time. I can get a skeleton crew together so that it can sail. As long as you, the rest of you, know what you're doing. So all of you got to pick roles. Mm-hmm. That you wanted to 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 do on the ship, right? And yes. Do you remember what you? Yeah. So here here are the roles that we took on the ship, and then we can leave uh, leave the episode. But when we got onto uh, the ship, of course, the captain was going to be Rick, Ricks. Yes. And then uh, the first mate was going to be Zedai. Durishle took the boat. Is a bosun? The, yeah, the, the bosun. Bo- the bosun. That's the kind of the repair guy. Because okay. he's got, he does have carpenter skill or right. something like that. Borum was the quartermaster in charge of all the items, including the ale on the ship. I feel like I'm leaving someone off. Uh, well, Siv and Kersis, I don't know if they Did they had take roles. anything? Okay. Kersis was just kind of the lookout. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then there were several members of the crew, but maybe we should save the crew for uh, next time. And we will just say that they they escape from Gench as the whole place is going up in flames. Yes. Just as a little bit of a hook. It is clear sailing, and then they see a castaway. <laughs> yes, you will definitely want to tune in for uh, that part of the story. So once again, thank you all so much for, for joining us, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the story of our time in the city of Gench. Until next time, we'll see you then. That wraps up today's session, so thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website, and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. 
All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.